You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Unstuck Podcast. I am so excited. I have one of my really great friends, Gabby Alanello from Corporate Quitter, and she will be here sharing some great tidbits about Corporate Quitter, her new business that she started. Hey, Gabby. Hey, I'm so honored to be on your first podcast. I'm so excited. This is awesome. And also, we're, I don't know if you guys can't see this, obviously, we're on video as well. So we get to actually talk with each other and have a great conversation. So, Gabby. Tell us a little bit about your story. How'd you stumble into entrepreneurship with Corporate Quitter? Yeah, so it's really funny because my background is in teaching. I have nothing to do with business, right? No like marketing experience, didn't go to school for that. When I originally went to school for teaching, I was under the impression, okay, I'm going to get a nice, comfortable job, take my summers off, right? Get paid decent, get my pension, all that, right? Because mom and dad said, you should do that. Lo and behold, four years later, I graduate with a degree that pays terribly and I have loans to pay. So girl's like, okay, got to figure this out. What can I do in the meantime? So like, okay, I'll go to the city, right? Because that's where everyone goes when you want to make money is go to the city. So took to New York City. No one would take me in the corporate world because I had a teaching background. So I said, okay, I'll be a nanny. So I was a nanny. Then I was able to finally get into corporate through my connections and just job hopped aggressively throughout different industries, kind of doing administrative stuff, right? Executive assistant, you know, asset management, tech, like all these different things. Fast forward a couple of years of just hitting a lot of ceilings, right? Financially, creatively, responsibility wise. I, once COVID hit, was like, listen, like this is the time to, if there's any time to pursue entrepreneurship, right? That itch that I've always had, it's now. And so it's now been a year, literally almost a year to date since my last day in corporate, but I quit in February of 2021 and started building out my baby with no idea what I was going to do. And here we are with a global presence and this awesome new business in life. That's kind of a quick overview, if you will. That's amazing. And just giving you guys some context here, you know, Gabby is my accountability buddy. And so we actually work on our businesses simultaneously together. She's a big reason why I'm talking to you today so quickly. Uh, I've just started Unstuck about five months ago. Hearing her story was really inspiring for myself. I'm still in corporate while also managing Unstuck. And so Gabby's also that person that's always making sure that I'm empowering myself, that I feel fairly represented while I still am in corporate. So Gabby, we're so lucky to have you as a light out here as Web3 really starts to take off and folks start to really launch their platforms. And just curious, there's so many different marketing avenues today for entrepreneurs and people leaving corporate. Why did you choose podcasting? What was the allure? Where did you get your inspiration from? Just want to hear a little bit about your podcasting history. And for those of you that are new here, Corporate Quitter is one of my favorite podcasts. So definitely go and check that out. Thank you. I love it. So I'm glad that more people like it than just me. But interestingly enough, right, everyone years ago was like, oh, blogging's the new thing, right? But the problem that I found with blogging for myself is that I cannot jam my big personality in a blog post. Like, not going to happen. Like, it's great I can do information and like plug things in and make it pretty, but I really am best captured live. I was like, okay, maybe I'll get into podcasting, right, years later when I'm ready. But when I was bored in quarantine, I was like, okay, what can I do to learn new skills or right, test out this online business thing before I actually take the leap? And so funny enough, I took to Craigslist. I saw someone had posted an ad of wanting someone as a podcast guest on their show. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Like I'm a relatively good speaker. Like, why don't we give it a shot? Literally with my like terrible like Apple headphones that are like crunkled up like in my like gym bag, like plug them in and did this episode and loved it. 
I had so much fun doing it. It was on reading. It like had nothing to do with quitting corporate or business, but we ended up doing six episodes together in the course of like four months and I fell in love with it. And so when I quit and had all this extra time, I figured, you know, like, why not now, right? I have all this time. It's something that I enjoyed doing. It may not take me anywhere monetarily wise, but I might as well do something I enjoy and then figure the rest out. Absolutely. And that's king. And I, you know, my first official appearance on a podcast for my audience here was on Corporate Quitter Podcast. So definitely go listen to episode 38, How to Get Unstuck. But I had the same feeling. I was like, wow, this is a really nice way for me to really show my personality. My followers know that I have ADHD. So to your point, it's really hard to jam-pack not only your personality, but all your knowledge into a blog post, even into a TikTok, Instagram, all the platforms like Pinterest, et cetera. So, you know, I really took to podcasting through Gabby's direction. And for those of you that are looking to start your own podcasting show, I actually went over and purchased Gabby's uh, podcasting module, which really, really helped me get into podcasting. I'd wanted to do podcasting for years, but I understood that there was a lot of logistics behind it. Lo and behold, Gabby was able to break it down in a way where I was kind of a little bit, honestly, I was like, why did it take me so long to get to this journey? So Gabby, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, folks who are maybe on the edge of starting a podcast, what they should do and maybe how some of your services can help? Yeah, yeah. So as you know, right from now being in the course and stuff like that, podcasting is not nearly as complex or as crazy as you think it is. And if you utilize the new tools and marketing that are available, like TikTok and social media and all these things, and especially other tools that I list in the course, you can go viral and create amazing content and be recognized very, very quickly. With the podcasting course, I really walk you through everything from like actually getting the microphone to actually like setting up the systems to like working through your brand. I mean, literally everything from A to Z. I haven't found that on the market. And even for myself, it was a lot of experimentation. And even the courses I I had purchased, like $500 worth of materials to learn podcasting before I started. And they were all minuscule in the amount of information that I bring to life in this course. So it's not just like how to record an episode. It's like, no, how do we create an unforgettable brand so you can go viral and also be in the media just like I have? Like, And no one talks about that. And it's not complex. It's really not. There's some steps in between, but not complex. Absolutely. And tell us a little bit about that. So Gabby was recently on Good Morning America, amongst others, Reuters, etc. Tell us about your podcasting tour and also tell us about your media tour as well. How did that all go? And uh, do you have any tidbits or stories from that? Media tour. I love it. I feel like a famous person. I'm still in shock that it happened, right? Because I had been working so hard for six months. As you knew, I was down to like $23 in cash, November, 2021, like had this amazing idea. People were loving it, but I didn't have money coming in and I was panicking. And of course, lo and behold, like a week later, everything blew up. Like literally, like when they talk about overnight success, I get it because this was six years in the making and really six months of really aggressive work in between that to get to this point. But someone found me through TikTok about great resignation. And so essentially I got picked up by New York Times. It was photographed, right? Did the whole thing. Really, really cool. And then after that, it snowballed. So at this point, we've landed over 30 plus publications globally, right? Hitting, I don't know, 10 different countries, including Spain, South America, Australia, UK, Brazil, like you name it, we've probably been there. But it's been it's been a whirlwind. But the crazy thing too is that what I thought was lucky was actually preparation in the making. So all this time, right, you know, you want to be in the media. We all want this coverage and we all want to be, you know, known for what we're good at. But we don't take the first step to actually be good to get to those places. So people are like, oh, I want to be in the media. I'm like, have you been in front of the camera? Oh, no. Have you been in front of a microphone? Oh, no. I'm afraid of speaking in public. I'm like, how could you nail an interview 
with Good Morning America, if you haven't spoken in front of the camera, like you have to be good at those things. And those are the first steps even to getting to that place. But it's completely possible because I did it. And frankly, I'm not that smart, nor am I that perfect on camera. I drop <laughs> F-bombs and like, I'm like so not classy, but yet I'm on Good Morning America. So I, I think like there's ways to make it work. And so those are, again, in my course and the things that I do, I'd share those gold nuggets, but it's definitely attainable. I'm proof of that. Absolutely. And, you know, on this media tour of yours, today we see it. We can't escape this great resignation headline. It is everywhere and it continues to pick up momentum. And so from your perspective, I've known you've given a ton of thought leadership on this topic. What got us to the great resignation and why are people feeling so stuck in it? I know I kind of feel empowered. I know you feel empowered, but a lot of folks, and I have actually a question from a couple of my followers that they wanted me to ask you, and we'll get to that in a second, but I want to kind of hear your take on the great resignation and what's causing people to continue to be stuck in their nine to five, given all the opportunity out there. Yeah. So it's a couple of things, right? (laughs) Everything is, but essentially we all had that moment of during COVID of like, wow, life is really short. We spend anywhere from 60 to 100 years on this planet if we take good care of our bodies. And we don't want to spend it in a dark gray cubicle doing work that is not impactful nor purposeful, right? That is a very long time to be doing something that you don't like. And then hoping that when you're 65 and your body doesn't work, that maybe you'll get a sliver of like freedom. That doesn't, no, (laughs) no, thank you. Doesn't work. Exactly. So when COVID hit and people have this realization of like, life is short, okay, let's pivot. And so that's why we're having this mass exodus of people leaving is because they're realizing not only is life short, but also we have options, right? Never before could you make millions of dollars from your phone. Like I created what I created because of 60 second TikTok videos. Like that's insane. That's hilarious. It's ridiculous. But it's the potential to do something like that and doing something you love is what's pushing these people out. And the people who are staying back, part of the reason is because it's not that they don't want to leave. It's that they're trapped, right? They have mortgages. They need to rely on benefits because of their health you know, ailments or really expensive medications and things like that. I think there are ways that people can still leave even with those constraints, but it will take a little bit more you know, wiggle room and paying off debt and more strategy. But people are just fed up, honestly. And even the people who have those bills and have those responsibilities are like, yep, nope, we're moving on because we're not doing this. Absolutely. And those are some great points. And this leads us to our you know, first follower question, which was how did your nine to five cause you to get stuck in your life and career? Because normally we talk about getting stuck in your career with you know, the great resignation. A lot of folks don't talk about the impacts that our job has to our lives, right? Or maybe lack of impact that our jobs have to our life. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So it's really funny because when COVID hit, I had checked all the boxes in my life. I had just beat out 11 people to get a dreamy brownstone apartment that I've been vision boarding for five years. I finally got that. You know, I saw my W-2 income from the year before and hit six figures. Like I had this boyfriend, like I had all these things. I paid off my debt. Like my parents were like, you're crazy to not want this because this is what you've been dreaming of. But what ended up happening is even after getting that, even after getting promoted and all that, is that I realized mentally, and even from a spiritual perspective, if you want to go that deep, that I was dead inside. I was climbing up a ladder and basically accruing milestones that really didn't matter to me, but I was told by society that it was supposed to matter to me. After about nine months of sitting with the new role and right, this apartment that I had to work in every single day, which was great, no complaints, I realized very, very quickly that it was time for me to build a new life based around what I wanted, not what my parents wanted, what society is telling me I want. The breaking point was literally Christmas. So this is like a year into this role, right? Year into the apartment. I hated my job. I was waking up every single day crying, which I've never done before. 
stressed to the max. I was breaking out. I was drinking every single night, which is something I never do. I do not buy alcohol. I am not, I don't drink. So the fact that I was drinking every single night, big red flag. But so after Christmas break, I remember I spent some time away with my boyfriend's family. When we were separating at Penn Station, he was going to his apartment. I was going to mine, right? Break is over. Let's go back to work. I broke down in tears in the middle of Penn Station. He was like, okay, like patting my back, like, girl, you got to go home. Like, this, this isn't cute. But I had this breakdown of like, I cannot do this. Like physically, I felt like I'd rather die than go sit next to my manager at work. And it's funny because it transpired into a foot injury. And I was so grateful that I had to walk around in a boot and go to the doctor and spend all this money instead of sitting next to my manager, which was like, okay, between the alcohol, between the crying before work, like, okay, all these signs, like, girl, let's go, time to leave. And so that's when I realized, okay, yeah, it's time. I'm going to die. Literally, if I stay, like, it's going to end. Yeah. And it's amazing how we choose to ignore those signs, but continue to ask for signs, right? To tell us kind of where to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And that's something that I definitely had to deal with as well. I worked for one of the biggest brands in the world. You guys will know them for their swoosh. You're right. Everyone kind of drinks the Kool-Aid. Everyone wants to work for the swoosh, but it's exactly what you described, right? It's a, a mecca of people trying to attain this, this dream that they want, right? Just landing this dream job, but no one's really talking about what I call life's design, right? Being able to design your life for yourself, right? Your job kind of does that for you. You know, I left the swoosh and I went to a bank and I saw the same thing, you know? So I'm in a little bit of a different camp than Gabby. I definitely have job hopped because I've wanted to find a job where I could express my creativity, could have some say. And I was actually able to find that by joining in a startup, which actually came from Nike. So I always tell my mentees and I also tell my clients all the time that the job you hate right now actually is going to get you to the job you love. And I truly believe that you always learn and take lessons. I mean, you're a prime example of that, right? You're taking some of the most negative things about the nine to five and showing people that they can get so much more than that and they don't have to settle for that. And I think that is why people need to hear this message so often. And I also want people to know that whether you stay in your nine to five or whether you choose to leave, right? you're both going to be on the hook for your happiness, your joy, and your lifestyle design and for your ability to be empathetic to yourself and give yourself grace to make those tough decisions and leaving those jobs that aren't serving you. So I'm going to ask you, you know, for those of you that are looking to leave the nine to five, what advice do you have for people that are fed up with their nine to five and they now want to move into entrepreneurship or maybe they just want to take a break? What do you say to those folks? Yeah, so it's going to sound crazy, but... I always lean into what my gut is telling me as opposed to what is rationally supposed to be done because what was rationally supposed to be done in my life, right? Checking off all the boxes got me so far. And it did, right? It paid off my debt. It got me this brownstone apartment that I loved at the time, but I was dead inside. And so once I flipped the switch, basically, so where I was honoring what my body was telling me and what internally was like screaming at me, that's when things started to really become fun, right? That's where the magic happened. That's where the Good Morning America interview came. That's where like the 5K month came. Like all those things that I never thought was possible started to transpire. So if you're having that itch, there's a reason why it's there. And so the more you push it down, the stronger it's gonna get, whether that's changing jobs, whether it is quitting, but you have to kind of acknowledge what your body is telling you because it's there for a reason. And I do want to acknowledge the folks because I know that this is a very common talking track, right? Like we all dream of leaving this nine to five. We all dream of starting this dream business. What do you say to the folks, right, that want to make the nine to five work? You know, are there any tips and tricks that you have to making that work better? I know I have some, but I want to hear that from you. 
Again, it's going to sound a little wild, but I'm going to say go against the rules. So, right, they're going to say, stay at the job for three years because it looks good. Like, no, if you're not lit up there, they're not paying you well, you're undervalued and you're underpaid, leave. It's time to job hop. That's the quickest way I was able to hit six figures in like two or three years was because I job hopped aggressively. And it's all about framing, right? So if you leave a job, give a good reason why you're leaving. There's plenty of reasons you can use that are totally valid, but you do not have to stay somewhere that you're not welcome. It's time to move on. And even another thing too, if I could add another thing, is just set boundaries. And this is something that I didn't do until my very last role. And I realized very quickly, people don't like it, especially in corporate when they get their way. Yes, you may piss some people off, but you are going to be 10 times happier because you're setting the stage for what is allowed and what is not allowed in your life. Yeah, there's actually, you know, there's a big myth and I saw it go viral. There was actually a huge debate on it, which is about job hopping. I have a very specific take on it because it, it worked for me. Um, and I have a lot of friends that, you know, come to me and say, hey, Chloe, I can't leave my job. I haven't been here for more than six months. I haven't been here for more than a year. Like that's going to look terrible in my resume. And I say this with the utmost confidence and write it, you know, Take what you may write and make the decisions for yourself. But the days of resume building and staying at a job for a year or two are over. To Gabby's point, when I first started in my career, I was making about $25,000, $30,000. And it felt like I was working two jobs. I felt like I was working so much for so little until I started to say, hey, I'm not happy here. And my happiness means way more than this job. So in a span of about four years, I actually ended up leaving and joining in about four to five jobs and now make north of about $200,000. And you know, some folks say there's consequences that come with job hopping, et cetera. It's a case-by-case basis. But at the end of the day, no matter if you work for a company that's 100 people or 10,000 people, you are a number and you have responsibilities. And as long as you're able to speak to those and do those things, you'll be just fine. But again, at the end of the day, if you're not happy with the team you're on, if there's leaders that are bottlenecking your growth, waiting for those leaders to leave or waiting for the culture to change, to Gabby's point, you're going to be there for a very, very long time and you're not going to be very happy. Those are some of the things that I really saw to be toxic in the nine to five. Now that you've transitioned Extended the nine to five, which where a lot of listeners here are going to be listening to your advice. You know, talk a little bit about what are some of the big differences you've noticed about yourself, and also tell us a little bit about you know your day to day and how that's varied from your nine to five now. Yeah. So right, your nine to five, you have to be at a certain place at a certain time, dress a certain way, speak a certain language, right? Do all those like semi robotic things because that's what is required, right? That they're paying you to act and be that way, and so that's kind of you put yourself in that box. Whereas now I kind of get to go about the flow in which my body tells me is the correct way to go about flow. So some days it's waking up wide awake at 5 a.m. because my body's like, girl, we're going to go today and we're going to work until 12 p.m. and then you're going to sleep the rest of the day. Like, cool, we're going to do that. Some days it's, okay, we're going to sleep until 8 a.m. and then we're going to dabble a little and we're going to go to the gym and then we're going to work. And then, oh, you have this burst of energy at 6 p.m. Great. We're going to work till 10 p.m. Like, The great thing is I get to do things in accordance to what feels good for me as well as what is important in my life. So, right, making sure I eat well, making sure I go to the gym, making sure I spend quality time with my family so I can really make a schedule that is completely the synergy of what is important to me is taking the forefront as opposed to being in corporate where work takes place of everything and everything else that's important to you is on the back burner. So that's the biggest takeaway. But as all of you know, from those who know me before I started Corporate Quitter, and even if you don't look at my pictures of what I looked like in corporate, I was a scary person. I looked like I was 30 years older, like hair pulled back in a bun with pearls. Like I was like 
She makes it sound worse than it really was. She didn't look that scary. <laughs> I feel like I looked like a lawyer. Like I was not who I was today. I was scared. I had anxiety. I was an introvert. I was a very, very different person than I am today. And me leaving that box, that box that they put me in of who I was supposed to be, completely let me blossom as a person to the point that, right, I feel fully expressed. That is the most amazing feeling ever to feel at peace with who I am. And every day is exciting because I'm not trying to be someone else. Like I can finally be myself and get paid for that. Like no better feeling. And I think that is the key when you're looking for a job, right? If they're really trying to force you into a box and I've been at those jobs, you know, I've been at those really those startups. That's really common in startup world. We need you to do this. We need you to be this. And we need you to go execute this, right? A corporation's like, here's your one job and stay in your lane and don't ask questions, right? That can be exhausting. You know, I know Jim Carrey usually talks about one of his famous things is, you know, depression is just you tired of playing a character. And I think that is so true. And to anyone who feels like they're playing a character, that is your sign to run for the I don't care if that's your nine to five. I don't care if that's your business, right? If your business is causing that as well. So those are some fantastic points. And I definitely, you know, think that that empowerment is important. But I also think that, you know, for those of you that are in a nine to five, right? It, it's not a panic freak out moment, but it is a, hey, you should go back. If this is something that's resonated with you and this is something you want to do, really start to take it seriously and realize, one, it's not going to happen overnight. And two, you have to commit to this for two to three years. Again, I mentioned that I'm a customer experience executive. And so in my off time, I'm building unstucked. To Gabby's point, I don't have that luxury of that life design a little bit. You know, I've done it well. I definitely, I work from home. I've made it work. But to Gabby's point, you know, I definitely do have to still check those boxes. And I do have to put, right, the things that I love a little bit to the side. But there is a balance if you want it enough, right? If you want to wake up and take care of this, I'm not a 5 a.m. or I've never been, but I am someone that works at night. I enjoy working at night. That's something that I've always liked doing. I become more creative as it gets more quiet. And that's something that I've had to learn. So I definitely want to encourage everyone on both ends of the spectrum that there's something to be gained from both vantage points. But Gabby, from your perspective, I definitely want to talk about some of the detractors, some of the things that right in entrepreneurship, and I'll definitely share some of these as well that people don't talk about because it's definitely not all glitz and glam as we both know. Again, Gabby and I work on a weekly basis. So we see each other at our high points. We see each other at our low points. So, Oh, Khalil has seen me sob more times than probably my own boyfriend. Like at this point, <laughs> like honestly, but um, it's so funny you say that because one of the things that I'm strived for with corporate quitters, keeping it real. Cause so many people are full of BS, like make six figures in two months. Like, no girl, like that's not the case. Like great if you achieve that. And if you want to, by all means, I'm convinced if you put your mind to something, you can make it work. But realistically thinking about our own constraints and our emotional things that we go through and just struggling as human beings to build up the ladder and be known in the world when you're starting over. And from a business perspective, it's not going to happen immediately. So the unsexy side of business, right, aside from the glitz and glam of being on GMA and all that stuff, is money is tight. It goes quickly. It's hard to make it online in the beginning, right, because you don't have anything to show. You have no followers. You have no accolades. You don't have products to serve. Like, you don't even have, like, content for people to binge. So they don't trust you yet. And realistically, in business, it takes one to maybe two years for someone to actually trust you enough to purchase from you. So they don't say that in the business courses. They're like, go out and create an ebook. Like, no, that does not work. I mean, great. Maybe, yeah, it helps. But like, that's not your golden ticket to make six figures and leave your job. Like, it takes some serious time and commitment. One of the great phrases that I always refer to is, if you treat it like a hobby, you get hobby results. So you need to treat this as a serious 
business, which means you need to show up like a CEO and you need to commit your all. And that means doing really uncomfortable stuff like going on TikTok lives and doing videos and pitching, actually selling stuff. No one tells you when you quit your job to start a business that you need to sell stuff. Like, hello. I mean, and also if we're talking about, you know, unsexy stuff, Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm 30 grand in debt. I paid off my debt before this, but to start this business, 30 grand in debt, right? To pay my audio editor, to, you know, basically create my branding, to hire coaches, to build out things, to purchase subscriptions. Like, I'm not doing this for like cute stuff. I'm serious. And I know I'm going to be able to pay it off, but people don't talk about this. Like, who in this world doesn't have debt? Like, it's a real thing and it's totally fine. Yeah, the figure I think is 82% of Americans are in debt at this point. And Gabby makes a really great point there. And it's, and you can hear it on her, right? You can hear that energy and you can hear the purpose. You don't really care because you know, at the end of the day, this is what's meant to be. So if you're someone that's teetering on the edge, you're not sure, it's okay to not be ready. You know, I used to get really stuck with that and say, you know, I want to start this business, but I haven't done it. And I wasn't really honest with myself. I wasn't ready yet. But the day I was ready... I came upstairs and I recorded my first TikTok. I contacted a web designer. I was ready to start moving and I didn't care what the cost was. I didn't care what people thought of me. It just takes time for you to mull with those decisions and understand those decisions. And something you said is super key. And this is a pillar of Unstucked, which is personal finance. Finance is huge. So if you're someone that struggles with finances naturally, right, business is only going to make that worse. And so really understanding, she talked about the flow of life. You also have to understand, right? right? The flow of money. And I always say that money is energy. You really have to be honest with yourself and you really have to understand and understand the commitment that you're going to be making with creating a business, right? With stepping away from nine to five. And even someone in my position, right? I have a nine to five job and I have a business understanding the cost of both, right? From a financial and life perspective. So I appreciate you sharing that with us because I don't hear that often. That's why I started Unstucked is I don't hear the in-betweens. I don't hear the things that are hard, right? Everyone likes to talk about their... Niche. Find your niche, guys. Find your niche. (laughs) If I hear another person make a video about finding niches, I'll just leave it at that. But that is something (laughs) that just frustrates the heck out of me is not giving people the realistic view of what it is. But what I will say and what I definitely can empathize with Gabby with is that the power that you gain from yourself and the empowerment that you feel is unreal. Can you talk a little bit about the empowerment and the confidence? I've seen a change in you even in this last month. Like you are just continuing to grow, continuing to kill it. So can you talk a little bit about your evolution? Yeah, it's so funny because, right, I was in corporate for about six years and I did a lot of job hopping, change industries, right? Like there was a lot of growth that came with all of that because it just naturally happens. But I have had more personal and professional growth this past six months alone than I have in my entire adult career, completely. Corporate puts you in a box, right? And this always happens to you like, oh, you can only have jobs pertaining to your resume and you can only do these things, even though you as a human being can do so much, you're not giving the platform to really shine and explore and try different things. So me leaving corporate and then pursuing entrepreneurship, right? I had to learn sales marketing, client relations, like web design, marketing, like you name it, I had to learn it. And so because of that, it's forced me to grow tremendously. And it's almost like addicting at this point because I'm like, what else can I do? Like I can do so much, like look at all this, but it just, it compounds too, which is cool. So when I first started, I was like, oh, you know, like really scared. And now I'm like, just 
Oh, I, I like to say if any of you are Euphoria fans, I'm like channeling Maddie energy this year to the point that I dyed my hair dark, not even recognizing that I did that. Like literally the other day, I wore like sparkle eyeshadow. My boyfriend's like, ooh, like what's going on? And like, so that's the energy for 2022. <laughs> my favorite analogy, I watched Succession. So we're no longer Kindle. We're moving into Shiv energy. You know, that's the same, same type of analogy, you know, and it's, I always do my research on my guests and I actually see you have a very nice presence on Pinterest. And sometimes your old handle pops up and I honestly, Gabby, can't recognize that Gabby because I've seen you, right? And like how confident you've gotten. And that's, so again, guys, I made a video just about it yesterday on TikTok, you know, just about the empowerment and and just the confidence that you're able to build from these platforms. So definitely when you talk about, you know, nine to five and side hustles, there is a synergy that you can find for a temporary amount of time. I don't recommend doing both for long periods of time. I will say that. But I will say that once you start exploring your creativity and you're able to do it unfiltered, you start to show up differently at your nine to five and you start to align with where you want to be. I think a lot of that misalignment happens again to Gabby's point when you try to force yourself in that box, you know, humans adapt. So Gabby, can you talk a little bit about like keeping that in check? How do you know when you're not being your authentic self? Like, how do you know that? You know, I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Like, I am me. Like, maybe I'm just going through a season. Like, when do you know you're not authentic and you're unaligned? Yeah, for me, it's being tired. So when I'm doing something that I truly love, like having conversations with you or like creating content or whatever it is, I am actually ecstatic. Like I'm excited. Like it could be 10 o'clock at night, which is usually when I go to bed. And I feel like I just had two pots of coffee. Like, you know what I mean though? Like I I find that the things that are exciting in life, when things are fun, that is the right direction to be in. And another thing too, is if you feel tightness in your body, like contrasting, or you feel like you're like almost like balling up, like that's a big indicator of like, ugh, like. Something isn't right here, whether it's an individual, a job, maybe it's just one specific thing, but just tweak, right? Try different things to see what feels good and then see trends as well of like the things that you lean towards that are fun and see if you can bring those back into your life so you get more of a direction of where you're supposed to be headed. Absolutely. Like self-awareness is key. And I think that nine to five kind of kills that, right? Because you're constantly looking for something. It's not always the case. And again, I, you know, I'm actually pretty happy in my nine to five. I think that it's the best I've ever been. But the only reason why I was able to land such a great nine to five is because I have these side hustles so much so that the company that hired me was like, we love what you do. And we love how authentic you are. The smart companies are moving in that direction. They're moving into that direction of we're going to take our hands off the wheel a little bit. We're going to let our talent that we hired run the company and not let four people run the whole company. So that's definitely something to be aware of and and realize, you know, I always give my clients this challenge. I say, go make content for 30 days. Go, you don't even have to start the business. Just start talking about things you're passionate about. And to Gabby's point, you feel yourself getting more energetic. You feel yourself finding your community. So can you talk about how content creation has changed your life and kind of what that's brought you? Because I can talk for hours about that. And I know you can too. Yeah. So the really cool thing is that what people think content creation is like, oh, you have to do research, then you have to plan this whole thing. Like when realistically you could just be documenting your life, literally straight up, like something you enjoy, just straight up document it or share what I did was share my experience in corporate, which blew up and hit a million views. Like that's kind of how everything started was just, again, just sharing realistic, like actual vulnerable moments of my life to the world and seeing who else kind of got it with me. But it's been a game changer. It's become one of my favorite things where I almost want to offload everything that has nothing to do with content creation so I could just sit on my phone and make stuff because I love it that much. And it's a fun place to be when you're doing that all day long. 
I'm in the same place. I'm very much equally right and left brain. So if one's lacking, the other is at fault. So content creation and, and building this unstuck business, it's felt like I get to engage with both logic and creativity, which has been fantastic. And I think, you know, I'm hearing right from you too, that it's been a game changer. And you start to talk about, right, like TikTok and where we're headed with just like education as a whole, right? Like Talk a little bit about how you're looking to break into helping those folks that are looking to break out of corporate. How has the educational field changed with content creation? Yeah. Well, as you know, and probably a lot of people listening have known, typically education has been really, really boring, right? It's not entertaining. It's like, read this textbook and like figure it out. Whereas now, because of TikTok, it has revolutionized the way that we ingest content where you need to jam in your, like basically your point in 60 seconds or less, which is extremely hard for anyone who first starts making content. 60 seconds is not a long time to get your point across. So instead of spending 50 minutes explaining a concept on YouTube, you need to now jam it into a really short amount of time and make it entertaining at the same time, which is revolutionized and sped up the process of how people can learn things. That's also been great too, right? Because you can reach more people too in a way that's more impactful instead of hours and hours that we don't have to learn something brand new. So I plan on making everything, even my podcasting course and stuff, as micro-learning, like as small as possible so it's actually digestible, especially with the increase of like ADHD and all these learning disabilities and things. Making things smaller and digestible is so much better, even for the people who don't have those, you know, kind of things going on. So it's it's the future, honestly. It's the future. Absolutely. And kind of taking this up a really high level, now that you've been able to kind of reflect a little bit and look at your experience here, what gets you excited for the future? Like, what do you see for yourself? And what do you encourage others start to look at right now as this whole digital age really is just taken off into this Web3 and taken off into, you know, individuals being the platform? You know, what is getting you excited for the future and what should people be on the lookout for? Yeah, so I think the future of work is really based on gigs and freelancers, honestly. Like, I even think from salaried workers' perspective, like how many times have you, you know, you're sitting at your desk for like eight hours, but you're really twiddling your thumbs for five, right? You're really only doing work for a couple hours. And yeah, it's great to get paid for those other hours. But for me, when I was physically in the office, I hated that because I already got my job done. I don't want to sit there and look at LinkedIn and pretend that I'm like reading Bloomberg articles to freaking appease the CEO. Like, let me do my job and let me leave and pay me well. So I think the future of work is instead of employing people in that regard, it's paying people very well for a short amount of time to do a set project. And right, that's not always going to be the case. But in generally speaking, I think most jobs can be broken out into smaller bits. And so I really see that being the future of work. Absolutely. And I think for some that could feel right, like stability is going away. But I think it's the opposite. I think there's so many jobs that go undone because we focus on only a couple of them, which I think, which is why business is failing. I think there is just a lack of creativity and a lack of diversity. A company I worked for in the past, they would actually make you take an aptitude test, right? They would actually like physically stuff you in a box before they hired you. So to Gabby's point, a lot of those practices are going away. You're noticing a lot of management kind of not being needed as much. Micromanaging really isn't around. So again, I, I think that, you know, there are some great lessons to be had for not only entrepreneurs looking to break into the space, but I understand that there are folks, right, that naturally still feel more comfortable in 95. And I want to say that's okay. But again, I think it is not okay if you don't find joy in your day. It is not okay if your nine to five doesn't empower you. And it's not okay if you don't think you can show up and be authentically you every single day and no matter who's in the room. So Gabby, now that you're at where you're at right now, 
you know, looking back at your 21-year-old self and also to the 21-year-old listener or even the 25-year-old listener, what are you telling them when they're at their jobs and they're thinking things like imposter syndrome, right? Like, I don't know enough. I haven't experienced enough. I can't demand these things. What would you give them? What advice would you give them for being able to be more authentically themselves at work and also give themselves that empowerment that's often missed? It's hard. <laughs> that's a really loaded question. I might have to think about it. But essentially, do the inner work up front so that later on when you're closer to your 30s, you know who you are. Because the reason you got in, I don't want to say the mess you got into, but right, even the reason why I chose teaching, even though it wasn't the right profession for me, was because outside sources told me that's who I was supposed to be and told me that's what I would be good at. But without actually recognizing who I was, I wasn't able to make decisions based on what I, the individual, needed and what I, the individual, wanted. So do the inner work, right? If that's taking meditation courses, if that's going on a silent retreat, if it's purchasing a course to go through some sort of internal... some sort of transformation, read the books, right? Do those things. Take a weekend out instead of going to brunch and spend time reflecting on yourself and going inward. And you will, I'm telling you, you will 10X on that internal investment so much more than you would going out for drinks. Spend more time with yourself because I would have gotten, I mean, I did get really far so far from doing that, but I wish I almost did it even more instead of kind of like messing around because who knows where I'd be now. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you've made it this far in the podcast, this is the most important point, which is self-awareness. I can tell you back when I was feeling really stuck, you know, 23, 24, I was actually waiting every single day before I went into work because I had to physically drive to work. It feels like that's a whole nother life. It's kind of weird to reflect on, but I would show up to work 30 minutes early every single day to read. And that was just something that I liked doing, but also to meditate. And I remember I'd play, I still have it on my phone. I still meditate to the same meditation playlist. And I remember meditating for the first time and realizing how busy my mind was with things that really don't matter. And when we kind of just be the observer of your thoughts, right? When you create that distance between your thoughts, I really started to understand that there was very few thoughts that were actually coming across that were in alignment with me. And a lot of that has to do with everything we just talked about, which is, right, people trying to force you into a box, imposter syndrome, feeling lost. And those exercises would be huge for me. And what I would do is when I would identify those things that I was like, this is really in alignment with me, which is things like at the time, right, making the salary that I wanted to make or really being in alignment with like what I wanted to feel at my job, I would write it on these sticky notes. So to this day, I still have the stack of sticky notes from when I attribute myself getting unstuck and really starting to move from my authentic self. So I can't stress that enough for folks who are still on the edge about meditating or just sitting with yourself. It's tough. It's uncomfortable. Start off with two minutes. I started off for two minutes. I can sit in a room now for 30 minutes and just sit there with my eyes closed and and really flow and feel what is important to me and what isn't. And a lot of it, and Gabby, well, you can talk about this a little bit, right? A lot of it is unspoken. You just kind of feel like whether you're moving in the right direction or not, and, and your body will let you know that. Oh, yeah. And I found too, not only meditation, but journaling has helped me tremendously because it's become my own Bible. So essentially, I have tracked all the good and the bad and the ugly over the course of five years. So now if I ever have a hiccup, or as we know, life is very cyclical, right? We have the seasons every year, you know, the weekends come, you know, you have like, things seem to fall in a pattern. And so I can flip back to different times in my life when similar things had happened to go find instances proving that things will work out, proving that things are good, proving that things are actually better than I think that they're going to be or that they are because I put expectations on myself. That's really not realistic, honestly. And so for me to be able to reflect and say, okay, 
I might not have the money today, but I know from past experience, I will have the money soon. Or, oh, I don't have the perfect relationship. I will soon, which I now do. But at the time, right, was panicking about it. So constantly tracking your journey is a great tool to go back when you're in the struggle because it's going to come. That's just life. Absolutely. And that's, it's so true. And that's something that I definitely take to heart. And I used to be someone that's like, don't focus on the past, focus on the future. But again, right, history repeats itself. You don't know where you came from. And so it's super important. I actually keep a ledger for my imposter syndrome for certain instances, like group presentations, right? Doing, you know, media interviews, doing things like that, where I get super nervous and I start to doubt myself. Even folks like Gabby and I still feel those feelings, but if you can create mechanisms that remind you of how awesome you are, remind you that, right, you don't need to be perfect, right? You oftentimes just need to adjust your expectations to Gabby's point. Like, it's huge. So any just general tips that you want the audience to be aware of, things that are helping you today, you know, traverse entrepreneurship, is there anything that we maybe left out that you want to talk about? Yeah, I would say for any of those who are really interested in starting the content creation, like entrepreneur journey, whether you want to quit cold turkey or you want to wait it out a little bit, the best thing that I've found in my experience and what's helped me the best is not purchasing masterminds. It's not doing all that stuff. Those things are great, but it's actually finding friends and and network. So like me and Khalil, like connecting was probably one of the best things to literally that happened last year, let alone all the, no, but I mean, really, you will get farther like a quote that I've been really resonating with lately is to go alone is to suffer. And so basically if you're doing this alone, it's humble, right? You're proud, but you will go very, very slow. If you have people in your corner that you can talk to, you will go 10 times quicker and it'll feel so much nicer because you have someone in your corner. And so that doesn't mean that you like start making all these friends and doing all these crazy things. It's just little things like start engaging with people authentically through social, commenting, DMing them, ask for a coffee chat, that's how we got connected. I think you DM me or I DM'd you or we, some, something like that. And now here we are six months later. I'm going to your wedding in October, like crazy stuff. So um, the closer and the better that you build your network and this new community of entrepreneurial thinkers outside of your current friends, the better time you'll have and probably the farther you'll go. And that is truth. I mean, that is, I mean, aside from self-awareness, because that is definitely really important, building community is even more important. I wouldn't be where I am as quickly as I've gotten without Gabby and also the awesome folks that have come to both of us and really encouraged us to continue to go. So if you're listening still, you have two people that really are in your corner, feel free to reach out to us. Gabby, you're a rock star. I cannot wait to see you. And even just next week, I'm always just looking <laughs> and waiting for the next greatest thing. So I appreciate you sharing all of this wisdom and knowledge. For those of you uh, that want to go connect with Gabby, definitely go check out corporatequitter.com. You can find her on all platforms at Corporate Quitter. Gabby, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstucked.